Many of us, when we're first learning to drive, get that fun family vehicle to help us get our feet wet. Sometimes it's a minivan, sometimes it's the big family sedan. If you're my age or older, you probably remember taking out mom or dad's vehicle to learn how to drive. Um, for me, when I first started to drive, I remember two cars very fondly. Um, over 30 years ago, we're talking here. One was a Mercury with a solid front seat across the front, rear wheel drive, and only an AM radio. And it was a beautiful blue color, but it sticks in my mind still today. But it's the other car that I remember really fondly. It was a 1979 Chevy Monza. Um, if you don't know what a Monza is, let me try to give you a little bit of a picture here. It was a beautiful red color. Um, besides the color and the design, the two things I remember distinctly about it were the hatchback, which was kind of cool and really could store a lot of stuff, and the fact that it was really low to the ground. Now, I don't know if we had the standard tires or something else, but I just remember it rode really low to the ground, so low that you couldn't go over a speed bump without risking ripping off the muffler. I remember vividly one time we went to a local park uh, that had a swimming beach, and the only road into the area had speed bumps. So we couldn't go down that road. We parked at the top and walked down. Speed bumps. It's hard to appreciate them when we're in a hurry and are forced to slow down, but we've all experienced them. About three, four inches high, sometimes higher. These little humps in the road have been saving lives for years. They're a tested and true way to slow people down and direct traffic properly. Speed bumps that are strategically placed can really keep vehicles from speeding before crosswalks, big turns, entrances, and any place you're trying to really prevent an accident. And without speed bumps, it's very likely that many people wouldn't consciously lower their speed when approaching a crossing or a high traffic area. And while we know their benefits, there are people who criticize them, for they can be risky to bicyclists and motorcyclists, or they might force emergency vehicles to slow down in situations where speed is of the utmost importance. Or, let's be honest, we just don't like having to slow down. Well, life is a journey filled with ups and downs, challenges, and unexpected obstacles. These hurdles are often metaphorically referred to as speed bumps, and they can slow us down, slow our progress, test our resolve, and sometimes even derail what we have planned. Today, I want to spend some time exploring these speed bumps in life and how our faith and resilience can help us overcome them. I think we all can agree that speed bumps are something we all experience, definitely to varying degrees and frequency. Life's speed bumps come in a bunch of different forms, such as setbacks, disappointments, maybe health issues, financial difficulties, and other forms of personal crises, they can leave us feeling frustrated, discouraged, and disheartened. But it's essential to recognize that even though it's hard to sometimes do, these obstacles are a natural part of the human experience and an inevitable aspect of life's journey. Sometimes speed bumps are placed in our lives for protection, and sometimes God might find it necessary to force us to slow down and proceed carefully if we're on a collision course relationally. And while God has and always will have the perfect plan for our lives, the fact is that the human life is unpredictable. We have free will to make decisions, as does everyone else, and those decisions can often affect us and sometimes throw us off course. Speed bumps serve as a reminder of this truth. We may face unforeseen challenges that require us to adapt and learn, or sometimes I hear it said, pivot. 
we see acknowledgement of this unpredictability in the scriptures in several places. Look at James 4, verses 13 through 14 say this, and this is in the NIV. Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. See, in this, James is reminding us that we can't predict or control the future. So why do we face speed bumps? And while this could blow up into a much larger discussion on why God allows bad things and good things to happen, today I want to keep to these three key points. I believe we experience speed bumps to develop resilience, to develop support systems, and to strengthen our trust. Speed bumps can be valuable life lessons in resilience because they test our ability to bounce back from adversity and build our strength and character. Words from Romans 5 verses 3 and 4 can encourage us in knowing hard times can produce good fruit after we go through them. It says this in the NIV, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. I want to read another translation of that same set of verses. I really like how the Amplified Classic Version states it, where it says this, Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exalt and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. And endurance, fortitude, develops maturity of character, approved faith and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Wow. Resilience is the ability to adapt, recover, and even thrive in the face of adversity. And faith plays a significant role in helping us navigate life's speed bumps. It provides the foundation for resilience, for hope and inner strength in times of adversity. Faith can be defined as trust and confidence in something beyond ourselves. And while we know faith provides a strong foundation, resilience is really the practical application of that faith. And in those obstacles, we are presented an opportunity for learning and personal growth. James 1 talks extensively about your faith being tested, and it's all worth reading, but I want to put out there verses 2 through 4 for you today where it says this, and this is the amplified version. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. Building resilience is often a lot easier to talk about than to actually do. As somebody who has gone through many incredibly difficult times in my life, we often come out of these situations feeling vulnerable or asking why and almost wondering if it's going to happen again. And this is where times of prayer and fasting have been so beneficial. Taking time to talk to God. Meaningful time. But even more impactful than those is doing it with others. I can't stress to you enough the importance of having a support system. I've talked in previous episodes about friends and your circle and things like that. But we can't go through this life alone. 
we weren't designed to do life that way. Now, I'm not talking about your spouse or your roommate or something like that. I'm talking about an honest-to-goodness support system. The people you can count on to be there for you, always, unconditionally. You know, a friend that'll pray with you, no matter what the circumstances. A counselor to talk to. A pastor to give you sound spiritual advice. The Bible talks about community and especially support systems many times, but one particular scripture stands out to me, and that's Proverbs 17, 17. We are reminded of the importance of friends, especially in times of trouble. It says this, and this is the NIV version. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. I love how the message translation treats this verse, where it says, Friends love through all kinds of weather, and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. Seeking support from friends, family, or a community can help us cope with life's speed bumps. There's countless studies out there where researchers have found that having a strong support system has many positive benefits. And this can go far beyond dealing with speed bumps in life, including literally extending your life by improving your health and life conditions. Having a support system has also been proven to reduce anxiety and reduce stress. In order for us to grow and thrive, we need a support system. Since 2020, the world has just seen so much isolation. You know, since the COVID pandemic, we were forced to be apart from each other, separated from the ones we really needed the most. And unfortunately, since then, many people have chosen to continue to live their lives just that way, isolated, even though we were built to thrive in community. We weren't built and never called on to go through life alone. If you've been a longtime listener, you've heard me talk many times about your village or something bigger. And if you feel like you don't have that support system, I'd encourage you to look around you. Look at family, friends, coworkers, others you interact with on a daily basis. Even if it's by phone, Zoom call, a text message, or in some limited capacity. Consider broadening your circles. Doing these types of things can have really the built-in ability to overcome life's difficulties by putting our minds and priorities on other things like sports teams or workout groups or trivia nights or book clubs or whatever it might be. It can be frightening how the brain can work against you in your most vulnerable moments. And this is where our support system, bundled with our faith, are really the most important. Sometimes this comes in the form of a heart-to-heart with a friend or maybe you even find yourself on the giving end of advice. But still, having a support system helps to provide healthy distractions. The key is to strike a balance between distractions that entertain and distractions that delay your willingness to take action. And speed bumps probably more than anything cause us to trust. Most of us want to trust God, and when times are good, it's certainly easier to do. But when times feel difficult, it is important to trust God more than ever, even though it might be harder to do. God gives us a firm foundation when things feel unsteady and uncertain. Life can go along smoothly. You know, your job, relationships, and finances are all great. Then all of a sudden, life throws you a curveball. Maybe you lose your job, or somebody close to you gets sick, or a long-standing relationship falls on shaky ground. How do you trust God in these circumstances? How do you trust Him when you don't understand what's happening? When will things get better? These are real and valid questions that we all ask, and God wants to help you navigate them. 
To trust is to believe in the reliability, the truth, or strength of something. So when it comes to trusting God, that means believing in his reliability, his word, his strength. Trusting God is more than a feeling. It's a choice to have faith in what he says, even when your feelings say something else. Those alone aren't enough to base your life on. They can change in an instant. When God, on the other hand, is constant. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and therefore is worthy of our trust. In his word, God invites you to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. When you trust, you go to God in his word when life is hard. You also show trust that he will ultimately take care of the rest. In trust, you don't look for security in other things. You look to God to hold you strongly and securely in difficult circumstances. And you won't do this perfectly. None of us are perfect. But God is kind and patient with you while you learn to trust him. Remember, I've heard this said a lot of times, God is bigger than your circumstances. Difficult times may feel like they'll last forever, but really, they're temporary. And God is present in the bad times and the good. See, God calls for us to trust him even when we don't see our prayers answered or problems solved right away. Life is unpredictable and difficult at times, and that difficulty might persist for longer than you had hoped, may even bring you to the end of your strength. So what do you do then? You wait, you trust, and you remember that God loves you, and he will sustain you even in the midst of hardship. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says this, and I absolutely love the message translation here. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. It's easy for us to find ourselves in situations we never played out in our minds, like the football team down by 10 in the fourth quarter against the team that just didn't stand a chance, or grabbing your knee after tearing an ACL right before the start of senior season, or being left off the roster you deserve to be on. Or maybe it's an unexpected financial burden, a life-altering medical diagnosis, a fracture in a relationship or something else. The list can go on and on. But it's how we handle these speed bumps of life that can set us apart. When it comes to the physical speed bumps we encounter while driving, there's a lot of different ways to get over them. I've seen people fly over them at full speed, ignoring that they're there. I've witnessed the diagonal approach, you know, the go around and put two wheels on the side of the bump technique, or the slow down your speed and basically go over them close to a stop. And I've wondered if there's really a best way to do it despite all the different advice you get from people. So I did some research and found a bunch of different websites that pointed to one particular method being the best. And it said that the best approach to crossing a speed bump is, quote, old man driving at three miles per hour. This approach does the best for your vehicle as the springs and shocks compress gently and absorb the bump and then decompress. So if this is the best approach to get over physical speed bumps, doesn't it make sense that it should be the best approach for getting over the speed bumps of life too? Speed bumps are inevitable, and they are for our benefit. The next time you come upon one of life's speed bumps, rather than groaning that it's there, be resilient. Lean on your support system. 
and wait and trust that you will get through it in whatever manner God provides. Slow down, be aware, and thank God for all he's done for you and all he will continue to do. As always, friends, I really do appreciate you tuning in this week, and we'll see you back here next time when we'll have more for you on cue.